Hey, this is Dirk Reviewer from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. For the first time and only time, welcome to the Stevie and Keefy Power Hour. I'm your host, OJ. Ladies and gentlemen, here are my two knuckleheads. We were on the same screen at the same time. First time ever. The first time with you live. First time with me live and all of us together. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Yeah. I do have one question before we start. Where did the name Grief Symposium come from? Ah, wow. Um, originally, it was just a cool name for a song, but then we were doing more and more material that was different to King is Blind stuff. Um, well wasn't involved and it sounded different without her so we thought actually this feels like a different project band name what to come up with um and we thought yeah we just like the track title had a set of lyrics for it that we then retitled into something else and stole it yeah and we uh we registered the logo with it and, yeah so i got here you can see the quite quite the front of the new project uh it helped frame it in terms of new Aesthetic, new, different sound. No, I think so. Want to be a bit more kind of dark and reading. which is different for me because you know, like in life, I'm not that dark and reading. the hidden stuff that comes out in the trees. Stephen, we're going to have to have a discussion about this. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just been posting about how much I love Amaranth. The priest is going to be very unhappy when he sees this lyric. <laughs> you know, I was born Catholic. Right, raised until about 16 and then abandoned that. We're all refugees from something. Uh, not me. I grew up without any of that religion, so I'm good. good. Yeah. We didn't grow up with anything. It's like all the time I went to like Sunday school was when I went spend the night at my aunt's house. Uh, and what in churches were like for weddings uh, and for funerals. An hour and a half of me being really bored every Sunday for the first 15 years of my life. <laughs> Proper Roman Catholic as well. Yeah, I went to a Catholic <laughs> one once and I was like, it was all this kneeling. It was like we're sitting down, like we're praying again. We just got back up. I was like, "This is they do this all the time. This is so miserable." Like I'm used to like Baptisty ones were kind of rocking. Like Baptist churches are like more rocking. The dogma, uh, Catholics mourn your faith. Everyone else celebrates it. It's true though. <laughs> Weird. But yeah, I just wanted to come by and say hi because how often are we all together? <laughs> I was like, we're on the same post, me and him. And yeah, I just happen to be here. You get this. This is exclusive. You get me on this, but you won't get me on the weekly ritual. <laughs> I wanted you to. I said you could. Um, just the timing ain't going to work. I know. It timing don't work out. Never behind, the, behind the full, full bit, for the first time in 10 years, the three of us have been on the same call. I think there's been a couple of like video messages here and there. That's it. Thanks. Well, it was great to catch up. I'm going to dip out because I'm going to go take a nap. Alrighty. I have almost no idea what I'm doing. I'm a little delirious <laughs> from being on the road. But how are you, Steve? Very good, mate. Good to see you again and in an alternative reality, different kind of background to usual. So, uh, Right. Just, just breaking the fourth. We've both had a bit of a weird month. I've been out on, uh, on holiday and been caught food. He's been traveling the U.S. and... Uh, but we still managed to listen to a shitload of records while we've been doing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll do the rest I of the have, for, you for September. We have, we have, we have, and we will. Uh, we are getting into the uh, again. The summer has had no chill ever since 
2020. We've just had very packed in Julys and August. This might have been the most packed in. I think it's possible that some bands and labels just save stuff until now for one reason or another. Could be vinyl production, could be merch, could be touring, waiting for festivals to come back. But there's been all the above. Tactical for album of the year now. I think everyone waits till the last week in August. It's like, okay, August payday. And from then until first week in November, these are the ones that won the album of the year. I think that's what it is. It's a tactical on a large part. And then the rest is, like you say, the delays on the, the physicals and, and whatever. And then we're building up like the last, we're moaning last time about how busy the last week in August is. Last week in September, we got, we listened to 55 albums to condense down to what, 10 to review just for one week. And, you know, it's just, uh, I guess with the band camp, Friday's usually been the first week of the month for your smaller bands. The last week of the month in line with payday tend to be when all the bigger bands try and try and pitch. And, uh, yeah, I think we just get used to a different pattern now and uh, just trying to do our best. <laughs> see, right. scroll through the spreadsheet and see how stacked the end of each month is, but it's good. That's fine. We have discussed in the past about the early releases in the year getting snubbed for awards. What do awards really mean, if anything? But it does seem like the, the more uh, celebrated albums do seem to have a recency to the end of the year. So we're going to see a, a, a ton of big name bands releasing stuff now. Even I don't those, think so, it's any, any sort of coincidence that Orange, uh, Orange Goblin, wrong one, Code Orange, <laughs> are uh, very right. different. If Code Orange come out and sound like Orange Goblin, then that's a bold statement. Um, but yeah, I always I say what? <laughs> well, yeah. But I don't think there's any surprise or any coincidence that uh, Code Orange pitching there is late September. You know, it's prime time for as soon as everyone's starting to do the listening for the album of the year things and uh I, I, don't, I have to say as well i think and i will well we'll cut to it now and then come back to it later but i don't know, i think it's a it's a big album for them i think if they they got a chance of either being stratospheric or or blowing it to be fair i think they're in a really odd position it's a kind of a you know hit or miss chance for them but. they they have been doing some what we like to say way out shit. they have been doing some mm. for them very avant-garde mystical fun things whatever motivate you know whatever's inspiring them and not really worrying about the trajectory of their career too much and mm-hmm. still doing well like they did they have their own festival they surprise released the second documentary in the you know as many releases so they're really building this real expectation around their fans and it's not they have not made one typical co- old school code orange type any not even a song that you could yeah. say, like, I remember when Code Orange sounded like that. That's great. Not at all. Not trying to pander. Uh, really trying to reinvigorate new fans every time out and gain more fans. And, you know, if every other band that kind of followed them, not loose, vain, it comes to mind. Dying Wish has yeah. a new record. Like, those quality of bands followed Code Orange, but they're not necessarily following in their footsteps artistically. It's super interesting to me. And it's almost like they're doing the same thing Greg Pusciato is doing. Like every single thing I do is different than the last thing. And it's still me at the end of the day, but I'm different every time also. It's very like very, you know, dare I say David Bowie, Madonna Prince kind of thing where you just keep reinventing yourself. No, that's fair. I just think it's been an interesting one that since the last album, proper proper album, it's been a 
and they did get screwed by COVID. They were ready to launch the album that was going to make them potentially next Metallica or Lisa next Corn, kind of in terms of you know size and that side of it. And then they couldn't tour it and they couldn't do any of the plans they had. And the first show they did was the the release that was you know, it had to be rejigged with no audience, all that sort of stuff. I, I do get. But I don't know. I just think maybe I've got a bit of a distance on them, but it did seem like the momentum's they've struggled to regain it and they had the Bray Wyatt uh, rest in peace um, track that we launched them to a different audience, but the follow-up and the music that came with it, I don't know if they'd quite fully capitalized on what I thought they would. So I, by this point, was expecting to be like corn, like Limp Bizkit, that kind of everywhere, everything. And, and again, it's some more extreme music. It's not quite as commercially kind of, you know, um, viable as some of that stuff. But yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one for me. Um, and maybe they don't care whether they're massive or not. Maybe they're just doing the artistic side of it, in which case, full credit to them. But I don't know. I still feel a little bit of cynicism there that they're trying things to be different, to be popular. But I may have might have got that wrong. Yeah, good, good stuff. And that's already a September album. So we might as well just mm. dive right in. I don't want to dive <laughs> ahead. Let's go back really quick and talk about August for a second. It was a very interesting mm -hmm. month. I think it defied and exceeded our expectations that we set in July. So we don't have to go deeply into everything, but if there was uh, anything else you wanted to pit, you know, call out or bring to attention or recall out from the uh, August releases, I'm all ears as is our audience. Cool. No, and I think, um, I think there's, there's a couple of, uh, couple of bits happening in August for me that were kind of um, interesting. So we've talked before, I've gone on a big, bit of a dive back into death metal and underground stuff having stepped away from it it tends to be when i'm writing involved in writing music i don't want to listen to the heavy stuff i get drawn back more to more melodic stuff we had a gap in brief symposium of not writing so much stuff earlier in the year and i was drawn back into a lot of the death death metal things stars aligning a little bit we're working on some new stuff um but also picked up the spirit of drift album um to review uh, i was a little bit late on it but that kind of reawakened me to some of the melodic traditional music again. And I, th I think we kind of brushed over Spirit Drift last time um, we talked through, but I did want to call it out. I've, uh, I've not always been sold on them, and I know we've spoken about this before, and I've gone more for your Visigoths and your Travellers and so on. I think they've now superseded those in, in terms of my my getting them, my liking it. I think Ghost of the Gallows is a, is a brilliant heavy metal album. It's got a real kind of gravitas to it. It doesn't get too caught up in trying to be overly cheesy or overly kind of power metal. It's just a really good heavy metal record. So I did want to shout out Spirit Adrift. Um, but talking of cheese, um, I also want to shout out the Mark Hudson record because I didn't think this was going to be a particularly great record. I think we talked about it before in that term because it's, it's yeah, lead singer's disease, isn't it? You think the solo guy from the who sings for Dragon Force, what's he really going to do doing a melodic power metal album it's really really good and i think fair play i know he's got frederick who he was in dragon force now in creator um and et al sensanium and other bands um on there as well but it's just it's a really really good melodic record uh, melodic metal record there's a lot of sort of almost like japanese j-pop influence in some of the, the music but a very strong power metal without copying dragon force and it doesn't sound like it sounds like a companion to it so um, I didn't think a few months ago I'd be sitting here giving a bit of props and credit to, to a Mark Hudson record, um, but I have and I will. Um, but then we'll come back to the main ones, I think, from, from August. Um, 
I think we've, we've, well, we spoke several times around Celestial Sanctuary, um, death metal, coming back to the disgusting um, death metal stuff. And I've been delighted. Um, I, I do know Matt, the guitarist, I have done for several years, and I'm absolutely delighted for them, for the response they've had for this record. It's been received like Cannibal Corpse record in the UK anyway. I don't know if it's quite caught on outside, but the kind of the buzz and the hype and the response they've had to it, like selling out of all physical products on the first week of release and, you know, the just the kind of the, the buzz going on tour, picking up the obituary dates um, in the UK. Um, just really, really pleased for Celestial Sanctuary, but also for the quality of the music. Like they've really upped the game from the first record. So I was a big fan of the first record, but this one, Insatiable, first for Torment, even, even better. Um, but yeah, so I think the, the other bits to cover off from my side for August, if I don't know if you want to end up and do the album of the month stuff now, or do you want to have your bit and then we'll come back to it? Um, you can, you can uh, drop, I mean, like it's going to come up one way or another. We talked so much about uh this band last month anyway so if you want to just go for it you can go for it that's cool so yeah, again talking about the behind the scenes bit so um we went out to the to the full staff as we do every month for their their votes for that for the month and we had a really really close one um this time around um we had a lot of votes for godthrim um for their for their, their newest album their second album <laughs> so the my dying bride uh ex my dying bride so members um new Newer, I suppose, probably about five years they've been going now, but um, Doom, Death, um, really, really good album. So I'm uh, glad to see the interest being picked up amongst the team. Um, our writer Callum Reed putting strong, very strong reviewing on that. Death Clock picked up a lot of uh, a lot of votes, a lot of interest. Um, I get another, you know, another another good review from uh, Andrew Rich this time, um, picking up the, the coverage for us there, but. Just picking it and the album of the month that we spoke about at length uh, last time. And I'm really, really pleased that it's not just me, you and I that were extolling the virtues of Urn, um, but A Feast on Sorrows uh, from Urn was, was the overall pick from our, from our staff team for our August uh, album of the month. And I'm pleased as well. It's not an album, sorry, it is an album that I've not just listened to in terms of being preparing to talk with yourself. It's one that I've continued to listen to quite a lot since, and it's you know, become it's sort of taking its place in the, you know, the various libraries and playlists of the, the established albums, you know, the ones that you stick with and it's got that longevity already you can feel with. And what I've liked as well is, I think I mentioned before, uh, last month we talked about it is how humble and how generally overwhelmed I think the band seem to have been by the response they've received to it. Um, there's, there's been a real kind of, um, I, I like that, that natural kind of like shit, like we thought it was something good, but, wow the response this is this is incredible sort of thing and uh a shout out to mark um abstract soul who did our review uh for Urn, and he did a really 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 strong uh, write-up for us there but congratulations overall to earn i think for, for a fantastic record so um we'll touch on something for september that might be up there rivaling but my album of the year so far uh, and our album of the month for august i mean hard to argue i can definitely foresee this album rearing its head in the massive vote at the end of the year and being an album that definitely places high. I love the record. I have an interview coming out with the band this week, finally. Um, not uh, As this runs, probably it'll be uh, within a day as this podcast airs. And uh, fantastic record, great people. And uh, you're, really, you're really rooting for them, whatever the possible best outcome for their band is. I know they booked a handful of headline dates of the UK. They sold out immediately. 
like you could tell where this is going. If somebody brings them over, they are like my interview touched on this. Like they're a little leery of coming out here without a sound plan. So that's a concern, but I'd love for them to get out here. I think they'd be very well received. There's a lot of cool tours kicking off this fall that they would place very well on, even as, you know, if they can't quite do a headliner yet, they surely could, you know, get a nice spot on a, a, a midsize bill. Mm. And um, yeah, no, no notes. That's a fantastic record. And um, yeah, I had forgotten what, who I voted for. It was either <laughs> Earn or her or horrendous. I also like the God Throne quite a lot. Um, horrendous, great record on Season of Mist, uh, OSDM worship, and but still original enough to uh, you know have its place. Um, handful of other. I assume you were done, but I'm gonna just yeah. continue. Um, I love my crossover thrash. So the uh, EP from Chupacabra, I was always a fan of. We have an interview with them also coming. Um, a band I wish I had interviewed, but I did not, is the folk metal band Schamold. I hope I said that correctly. Schamold, uh, reviewed by uh, Rauka, Rauka, yeah, and uh, who's terrific. And uh, I think I have an interview of hers running this week also. Uh, here's an album I didn't know I needed until I got it, which I'm, I hope I'm saying this correctly. Is it Copes or Copsy? On Church yeah. Road, Old Belief, New Despair, the Black Gaze record. Um, there's a lot of bands coming into this genre now, or subgenre of a subgenre, but I really like this record. Um, and the it's one of those, the review made me want to listen to the record, which I always appreciate from our fantastic staff. And if I've got to throw one more out there that I don't think we talked about much, um, would probably be... Uh, I, I talked about, I'm just looking through the list and seeing who we talked about. I think I hadn't also really considered holding absence mm. until I read that review. Now I had no, I know about them. I knew they were primed for a big record. I thought the singles were really strong, good video, a lot of buzz from the, from the publicity on the U S team and the label. And then that review hit and I was like, Oh, well, now I have to go back and listen one more time. And it really took me in at that point. I was like, okay, this is really an upper echelon record. Also for this, like just a lot of really great records that came. I mean, like we didn't talk, you know, we've talked ad infinitum about some of these records, Blue Dows Nord and Ringworm and, yeah, yeah. and Ex, Mort Ex Mortis's record is very strong and Hot Milk had a very good record. And so now he, you know, so there's a lot of stuff for all like that came out in August that, shown through that i think we'll be talking about the rest of the year uh it's funny i have every city that i have been going to i go to a new record store and i see movements prominently displayed so that's mm -hmm. another one like ruckus i have um like postcard Colleen on both, I think. I, uh, I feel yeah. a little sorry for, for Colleen in a way that she doesn't always get covered by you and i talking here because she sits a little bit in the post-hardcore space that we've been covering we're big fans of but I think a lot, a lot of the stuff in general, we do gravitate more towards metal, you know, and that sits a bit more adjacent to it. But Colleen has absolutely been smashing some reviews out this year. Some really, year. really high quality. She's an incredible writer, and she's been covering some some great records. So similar to yourself, I'll hear them as a kind of a triage before the signing. But her review of them make me go back 
and I'll be like, oh, I didn't pick that up first time. Or you listen to it again in the context of having read her thoughts on it. You're like, really good. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And then, and there's more to come. So that was, yeah, uh, August was chock full of stuff. And September is already off to a flying start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't know if you wanted to tackle September next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I've been kind of um, umming and ahhing about how to do this. So I kind of split it into two. Um, underground, then overground, and then wumbling free. But I don't know if that reference will work for anyone outside of the UK. I, I got that reference. <laughs> I understood that reference. I talk to British people every day, but you're not wrong. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm going to start with the underground stuff. Uh, and some of this isn't massively underground. Um, but, um, but I was saying I've been drawn back into the traditional melodic metal side of things, but you still can't avoid some of these fantastic records, that disgusting music that's coming out in September. Um, so I'm a big fan of um, Fossilization's new record. Um, this coming out. I'll just skip back up just to make sure. So we talk about Everlasting Spew, we talk about Transcending Obscurity quite a lot as two labels that put out a lot of really good music. I just want to make sure I'm referencing the right label with this one. So uh, Fossilization is, yeah, Everlasting Spew uh, is out um, 8th of September. Uh, just really high quality um, death metal, but that kind of atmospheric touch to it. They have a, a kind of, a, I, I like the kind of the, so it's not your kind of like blast and grind death metal. It's got a kind of, you know, that dirty um, atmosphere to it as does um, following on the following week, uh, 15th of September, which is on Transcending Obscurity, so I wanted to make sure I got the right round, a band called Thorn, um, and they've got a record called Evergloom um, coming up, which is, again, really strong at, in the atmospheric side of things. So it's, you know, it's kind of um, almost like they take the, you know, the next step on from your um, portals and, and things like that, and then incorporate it into slightly less weird death metal stuff but big fan of big fan of those two records that's put up from the from the you know the pure underground kind of death metal stuff fossilization and thorn um but we've got some big hitters very big hitters in the death metal world coming up in september so um new cryptopsy new dying feet is both out this friday um cryptopsy for me feels like a real now i like unspoken king i know other, other people have other views on this thing i'm a big fan of this record so i'm gonna put that out there but this feels like a return to classic form you know it's like really aggressive um record there's still some experimentation there's still some different things on there and it doesn't it's not a copy of none it's not a copy of earlier stuff that they've, they've done whispering supremacy and those sort of things but those are that intensities in there but and it sounds like cryptopsy but it's a a, a refreshed or kind of a revitalized version so I'm, um yeah uh championing that and later in the month Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse of Eric Rutan is possibly the best death metal band that's ever existed. Uh, it's the, the most obvious move that I can't believe it took them took them all between themselves 20 odd years to, to do it. Um, but Rutan on guitar for Cannibal Corpse. And brilliant record. But actually, interestingly for them, they are starting to, to do a few little interesting kind of, you know, little riffs and ideas and kind of play on some stuff and it's not just a straight up cannibal corpse record there's some different kind of bits in there but i think uh, when you get the the quality of the people involved in it you've got kind of um the, the incredible musicians with the talent and they want to do something they can hit the the, the three minute four four kind of death metal smash it out of the park stuff but they're also starting to kind of play around a little bit um and come for i suppose with the with the new lineup um but yeah so that's the and the final 
definitely old one I just wanted to check out there is, um, and this surprised me, and maybe it shouldn't, my bias is very prevalent. I like Volbeat, but Michael Polson's, um As In Hell band, it's really, really good record. Uh, reminds me a lot of Vasfix, um, Dismember, a bit of Chuck, obviously a bit of Chuck in there as well. Uh, but yeah, Michael Paulson and Mark Grew from Morgoth with a really, really strong, uh, really strong record. So that's the death metal side of the underground. Switching briefly to black metal, I'll blaze through and then I'll hand over to you. Um, you either have a record, we won't go into the detail of that. Uh, no, it's, it's a very strong musical record. Hex Vessel with, with a return to black metal um, um, coming out. Uh, Moonlight Sorcery, I'm a big fan of, with kind of like the melodic, um, epic, uh, soaring black metal side. And at the end of the month, a uh, brilliant record um, that I need to spend more time with. Um, the first couple of eight listens have really, really blown me away, which is Woe. Um, so that's coming out on the 29th, I believe. I'm just going to quickly double check on that. Um, but yeah, so Woe and Walls of the Throne Room um, wrote both releasing on the on the 29th. So Woe with a full length record, Legacies of Frailty, um, Walls of the Throne Room with an experimental cinematic uh, EP. Um, on relapse, Crypt Ancestral Knowledge. So there you go. That's my digging under the kind of the under the surface of the of the world. Yeah, so. I I dig it. I always love the uh, Wolves in the Throne Room, Wolves in the Throne Room in between albums. Mm. Uh, they could be their own whole subgenre apart from the band, and I'm always I'm always captivated by them. I've never been let, let down or failed. Uh, so much new music, so much to pull from. Uh, I would have had Wolves or Hex Vessel given my druthers, but I like what you did there, actually. Uh, let's let's call out a few. Nervosa is a band that continues to have lineup changes, but still puts out very strong, powerful music. So I think that's a band on Napalm Records. Jailbreak is their album title. And, uh, not a Thin Lizzy uh, cover. I was, not a Thin Lizzy cover. <laughs> I was hoping... I love Tin Lizzy. Uh, I was really hoping for... Uh, a Lizzie cover, but not for them, not this time. Um, Oni is a band that comes and goes. They very, you know, the, there was like a lot of buzz about them last year. They put a single out. They're like, we built our own studio. We moved across the country somewhere else to, I think, the island, Hawaiian Islands or something. I hope they're okay after the big, uh, you know, the big elemental storm that happened, the big, uh, all the big uh, tornadoes and tidal waves and hurricanes, but um, Malibu, right? Uh, uh, Maui, excuse me. Um, so Oni is a band that always very interesting and they always kind of go left when you think they're going to go right. So I'm very interested to see what they do. Um, Koyo is one of the newer hardcore or post-hardcore bands, this new generation of bands. I was sim another, you know, not child of Code Orange, but in the A, you know, A, after Code Orange kind of generation of, of hardcore and punk and other things. And I think they are poised and primed to kind of carve their own niche with Would You Miss It on Pure Noise, great label, always, mm -hmm. you know, very strong. Uh, Got to talk about the 800 pound gorilla in the room that is KK's Priest. Judas Priest record not out yet, not coming till next spring probably at this point. Here is the second full length from KK's Priest, KK Downing, Ripper Owens, others, you know, other heavy metal legends. I'm excited to read Gaz's review of that. Uh, always, always a thrill. Um, Graveyard has kind of a surprising, not very heralded release coming out. They just did a one-off American show 
It's a good graveyard. Record, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have yet to get into it, but I'm going, you know, Graveyard and Monolord, any Stoner Doom, you know I'm going to be all about it. Um, so I'm very excited about it. And then probably two records you might not think that I would, l- like, love, but I'm very excited about Fearing, which is this kind of dark wave, gothy record, sort of an unto others with less heavy guitars, I'll call them. Destroyer coming out on Profound Lore on the tw- also on the 29th of September and a favorite of Omar Cordy's Gunship almost should if if we hadn't already assigned it I would have let him review it because he loves wow. that band that's not a reason to let somebody review something but he actually is so intimately familiar with their whole discography I I might even would love to have him interview them because like he really is a fan and really gets gets them and he got me into them which is no f- good, like easy feat. Oh, I, um, that's crazy. Never. I'd never. <laughs> I'd never What'd you say? I, I'm, oh, God, what was that? Best reason ever. No. <laughs> but no, um, I have to say, uh, like, synthy stuff, uh, I kind of, you know, bit of a blind spot. I don't dislike it, but I don't know too much about it. But I checked out the Gunship record as it came in. Really, yeah. I loved it. Really, really, yeah. really impressed. It's just like, just big happy pop, isn't it? <laughs> they're, they're 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 fabulous and then if i you know we don't probably talk i somehow underrated let's just throw one more in there and talk about danko jones right so i got to interview danko jones on the last album they are criminally underrated they're a big deal in canada they're a big deal in europe they're an okay deal in the u.s they have been on big tours they've now opened for alice in chains in america on a headline tour so like they are not unknown but still they get kind of, oh, and Danko Jones, even in this conversation. But I just want to say, like, they are one of the most consistent best rock bands in the world. Their whole discography, there's not a, a weak album. There's nary a song I skip ever. And Danko, personally, is a f- fantastic artist and lyricist. And I look forward to possibly interviewing him again. He kind of like... He kind of now with like a very heavy podcast schedule and some interviews, I think he's kind of dialed it back. And and I'm sure there's some other stuff I'm going to like gush about next month, like Baroness is yeah. coming. And, you know, I'm a massive Baroness fan. It's almost not fair for me to do as much Baroness stuff as I do, but I do love them. Um, I'm very excited about that record. But, you know, you'll hear me next month. I'll probably just be, yeah. a, you know, just word vomit about their name. And, um, you know. I, it's always an event when they put a record out. So nah, that's cool. And I think that like, we, we talk about when we structure these. I think we talked in the past around trying to trim it down and narrow it down to three or four albums and stuff. But I don't know. I've gone the same way as you now. It's, I've got a list. Where I've got about twelve names on it, and so I'm just going to go through and talk about the stuff that excited about is coming up but, um, and, and there probably will be other records we're forgetting or not yeah. thinking of or just not top of mind that we'll we'll listen to and see or read the review of and see the reaction of uh, metal twitter or whatever it is metal x and uh then we'll revisit again in uh you know four weeks and uh look again and listen again so you know that happens say, there's, yeah the ones for me that sit in the kind of the, the more mainstreamy space uh, so one one thing that to mention is that it's, it's a shame in a way that the bring me the horizon record's been been delayed i was really looking forward to, to that love what they've done with the singles really impressed i wasn't a massive fan of ammo but everything since and all the post-human stuff i think they're, they've nailed it they've had some incredible guests they've some, done some brilliant collab work and they've really established themselves i think musically credibly 
it was a heavier sound, but they could do anything they want now. They can do songs of Ed Sheeran, they can do songs like pop songs, and they can do raging two-minute punk songs and grind and grime um, and stuff. But so I'm looking forward to seeing them in January. I'm going to go to the, one of the arena shows um, they're doing in in London. Um, but the record's been delayed possibly till March, so um, I'm just beginning to single to that. But coming into stuff that is coming out in September, at a very fun. Um, I don't know if fun's the right word for a primordial, but a very enjoyable drive in the sun this afternoon back from a work appointment, listening to the new primordial album. It's, they, they've gone well beyond the blackened stuff now. They're just a big, epic heavy metal band. And I think uh, having been in, li- listening to them and not avid, dipped in and out various records over their the career, but having bought the first record when it came out in the mid-90s all the way through, this for me is... Alan's strongest vocal performance and he's a very impassioned vocalist um, and it really really works and I think they've built on I wasn't other than the first and the last song wasn't hugely sold on their last record um, but they've built on the style change they went into that and it I think they've now done that thing of second mouse catches the cheese so this new record um, how it ends on Metal Blade I'm I think they've, they've they've got it they've got it back you know for me uh, I think it's going to be a very very strong record in their in their in their canon. KK's Priest you've mentioned um, Baroness you mentioned um, before I go and talk about a couple of more proggy records um, I know Tim Ledin is very excited about the fact that I've assigned him Grove Street um, Power Trip Thrash as uh, as I've written on the uh, on the description for it but it's a very very strong record on UNFD um, that I think I don't think it goes it does it's it's what's the word, a bit reductive to enable it, power trip thrash, but it's that sort of style of, of heavy music. You could say it's like the metallic hardcore influence in there, or the, the anthrax, um, state of euphoria, persistence of time, thrash style rather than the kind of municipal waste stuff. But, um, I think that that's a very strong record and one to watch out for. Little prog trio to talk you through. Um, so Soen had their, I was going to say fifth album, I might have that wrong, Memorial came out last week. Um, Sort of dialed back a little bit on the metallic heaviness, um, but pushed up the lush kind of um, overall sound to it. So, you know, very imp- I've been with Sion since um, the KAR, how you pronounce that album, L-Y-K-A-R-A, a few years back, um, and Imperial and now uh, Memorial. So um, it's a nice progression in their sound. They've you know, a really strong record for them. Uh, Callum Reed, very well-received review um, of, of the Sion record. Uh, Tesseract have a new record out, always one to watch out for and always a, you know, um, a good UK band to to keep an eye on. Um, they've been in a good vein of form. So I haven't heard this one yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to picking up Tesseract record in a couple of weeks. One I have heard is the Hirsch Effect, um, which I'm very impressed with the new one. Uh, again, you try not to be too thorough over some of the comments, but like a kind of a German tool is one easy way to kind of, you know, to sum it up. But impressed with, um, with what I've heard from this record. And then there's a couple of random ones to, well, Harm's Way aren't random, uh, but there's a Harm's Way record uh, looming later in the month, um, which is always always worth checking out. We've passed on, talked through Code Orange earlier, and just two ones to leave you, oh no, three, three to leave you. There's loads of records to talk about, sorry. Uh, Filth is Eternal on, uh, on Monarch Heavy, um, good punk rock alternative records, um, in, over there doing well, picking up a bit of buzz. A band called Swimmer, who's an alternative um, rock band, um, for want of a better phrase, I've got a way of calling it, out towards the end of the month. Um, so there's a mix of group, 
grunge, blues, rock, all stuff on there, but impressed with impressed with that one. But the big one, one I've alluded to right at the top, but it's on the bottom of my screen. I, I scrolled past it. For me, I think we spoke a couple of times, and I'm a little biased, obviously, coming from, from the UK, uh, about the state of British metal and how, how things have been. Um, we talked about Earn um, for our August album of the month. Uh, and I think Silosis have got a very strong shout for September. Um, it's really, really strong, um, like hulking metal behemoth. Um, it's not a million miles away from Earn in terms of sound, but it's a bit more mainstream in its mentality. I think Josh um, come out of Architects, um, some stories to be told there, I'm sure. Um, but there's been some melodic touches that have bled across naturally from Architects. I've never been, all full disclosure, I've never been the strongest, biggest Silosis fan over the years respect to what they've done but i think what he's brought from the time in architects i think there's some trivium and some machine head influences that are seeping through this darker kind of there's a real cool dark ballad absent on there that reminds of some of the stuff of, of kingdom crown uh kingdom crown machine head bits so singing in a way similar style to how rob sings on, on there and bringing some of those and if you say you can worry people by saying bring some melodic vocals there's not many on the record it's mainly harsh and mainly shouty vocals so don't worry there but there's a real mature, epic kind of balance and um, sound to the whole record. And they, they're melodic when they need to be, heavy when they need to be, and um, very impressed with Silosis. And having read Charlie Hill, Charlie Hill's on the review, for us, Charlie's put together a very strong um, review that I think encapsulates a lot of how I feel about the record and uh, does us and him him well. But that's my big pick for September. I think Silosis finally, I think the stars are aligning for them to make their, their this is their time. I don't doubt it. And I think if you take a guy who's hungry and uh, knew he was leaving that band and had an end date to uh, his existence in, in that band and to put the focus back on his artistry and his vision, his way, it's going to be a banger. I've only heard a couple of songs. I know it's going to rule. I am also deeply excited about that record. And, uh, you know, shout out to Charlie. I can't wait to read that review. And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the UK, man. This <laughs> is every month. The UK. The UK, it's their year. Uh, I hate, it's weird to say it that way, but it's like literally the year of the but UK releases. I think it's what we said at the start of the year. Like the, the shittier the political climate is, the worse things are, the better the UK bands are. Now, when things are fine, UK metal is shit. So in the 90s, we had nothing. So when we had like, you know, everyone was happy and Britpop was great and the UK was rich and the economy was up and well, all this great stuff. Metal went down the toilet. <laughs> in the UK, so you know we need things to be shit. <laughs> I I guess I will I will say two quick things before we wrap it up. Uh, I don't know if you are I know I don't know that you're the biggest vinyl person like I am, uh, and I've been restraining myself and not buying everything on this trip. But um, you know, Earache is doing this uh, like basically fans vote on the reissues and even the reissue styles in terms of the vinyl and the make and the swirl and the color. And then they like will vote on a whole run of classic, you know, decapitated records or classic, whatever. So like, I think that's su supremely cool. No other label is doing anything like that. Earache obviously has a huge depth and breadth of history to pull from, which I think is amazing, especially to, you know, keep the fans happy and the handful of newer bands that they have signed are also killer. And then it's funny that you mentioned Machine Head in reference to Silosis because last week was the one year anniversary of, of Kingdom and Crown, which was the Ghost Cult Magazine album of the year for 2022. Bit of a surprise, but definitely 
Uh, I listened to it again and I watched the, they did like a, a live, the weekly live streams are back for Machine Head till they go back on a couple of tours. And uh, they did, they did of Kingdom and Crown the entire playthrough, which I hadn't done in a while. And obviously have only been playing a few of the songs live, like maybe three or four. So yeah, fantastic. Still holds up. And then they also did, uh, because they're going to be on the road, they did Locust like a month early, the 10 year, uh, the 12 year anniversary of Locust. And they did a playthrough of that last week. And I was on a long bus trip and I needed something to distract me from this bus trip and this travel headache that I've been having. And I was like, oh, I, I missed this record so much. I don't know when I listened to it last onto uh, the Locust. It's so, so massive for that year and that like, 2012, 2011, it was such a massive record. Um, I love it so it's much. Like, yeah. when, when it comes up in chat on like in Metal X or, you know, it's sort of thing, it's, I think it's criminally underrated by a lot of people. Like, because I think it's a, it's a brilliant record. Everyone always comes back to, yeah, it's got the child's choir on it. Yeah, it has. It sounds great. So shush. <laughs> don't worry about that. And like, yeah. it opens with, like, yeah, you know, and, I'm Harold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he talked about, he talked about it. It was how they made that choir. They basically, it was his two sons and the daughter of the producer, Juan or Chiega, all like multiple tracks of each kid. Finally, it grew to this massive thing. And if, but he was like, oh, I'm kind of scared to put this on here. But then again, ah, whatever. I did everything. I've already had those, you know, like we've already had other things like that. So let's just put it out. And it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, this is who we are, the last track, right? Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. That's another, uh, another, one in the books, and I appreciate you and the whole team very much. And uh, we'll do it all over again in four more weeks because we got five weeks this month. So um, the weird calendar, the way the calendar falls. So once again, always a pleasure, and thank you for being here, and thank you for what you do because I cannot do what I do the way you do what you do. I appreciate you so much, and uh, and it doesn't get said often enough. And I hope, I really had hoped that your holidays were going to be sanctified and uninterrupted they were slightly interrupted next year i hope they're less interrupted but anyway everybody you have been listening to the ghost cult magazine podcast i am at ghost cult keefe at all the things steve is at steve s-t-e-e-v-x-1-1-1 or i-i-i at twitter okay. and sometimes <laughs> sometimes in 13 and sometimes instagram and uh you know of course we are at ghost cult mag everywhere else thanks for being here until the next time Peace. I always have to end it with my head fever. See ya. <laughs> you do that. Get well soon, Jim. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace. Peace.